You're listening to the Bad Religion Podcast for Sunday, December 3rd, 2006. God songs. Now I don't know what stopped Jesus Christ from turning every hungry soul into bread. And I don't remember hearing how Moses reacted when the innocent firstborn sons lay dead. Well, I guess God was a lot more demonstrative back when he fed boy and he parted the sea. Now everybody's praying. Welcome to the 17th episode of the Bad Religion Podcast, God Songs. As always, I'm your host, Mike. You can find the website of this podcast at brpodcast.blogspot.com, where you can also find the RSS feed for the show, and you can also search the iTunes podcast directory for Bad Religion Podcast to subscribe through there. If you have any comments about the show, feel free to email me at brpodcast.gmail.com. Before we get started, I'd like to point out that the sound quality will be a little degraded this week because I recorded all of the sections after this next song on my portable MP3 player while I was waiting in line to get a Wii this morning. If your ears start to bleed, you've been warned. This week's episode is called God Songs, meaning that today you're going to hear Bad Religion songs that deal with issues of religion. While a casual listener may think that a band called Bad Religion would have, oh, say, a majority of their songs dealing with religion, this is not actually the case. It's also not the case that the band only has five or six songs on the subject of religion, a figure that you'll hear tossed around in different interviews by band members. That leaves this show with a good number of songs to pick through dealing with religion. So the first song that I will play is, appropriately, called God Song. This song appeared on Against the Grain, and I always found it interesting that the songs seem to begin mid-sentence. Graffin starts singing almost in the middle of a measure, and the first word he sings is and. This song actually is based on a poem called And Did Those Feet in Ancient Time by the British poet William Blake. God's song essentially parallels Blake's poem, except changing the British setting to an American one. While Blake deals with the legend of Joseph of Arimathea escorting a young Jesus to England, God's song considers how our belief in God shaped the Western view of the supremacy of man in America. But now that we are in modern times, do we even need a god? The quoted lines in the song, religion is just a synthetic frippery, unnecessary in our expanded global cultural efficiency, are commented on by Graffin in the last verse, and don't you fear this impasse we have built to our future, ever so near, oh so austere. Dave C. at Defining Bad Religion sees this last part as Graffin being critical of the traditional atheist sentiment of not believing in anything. I'll let you, the listener, be the judge as I play this version of God's Song live from the No Substance live radio show. Sit down. 
God Song isn't the only bad religion song to have God in the title. In fact, one of their earliest songs, Faith in God, fits that requirement quite nicely. Here's a version of the band performing that song live in 1989 in Rome, Italy. A more recent example of a bad religion song dealing with God can be found on the band's last album, The Empire Strikes First, with the song God's Love. When the band plays the song live, Greg introduces this song as a new kind of song for the band, a love song. More accurately, the song tackles the notion of people attributing all sorts of bad things happening to love from God. In an interview, I believe Greg said uh, he found this belief particularly dangerous, especially when those in power believe it. Anyways, here's God's Love, live from the Lowlands Festival in 2005. And we'll serenade you with God's love. Believe my eyes, my brain applies to all the 
from the songs for a bit and delve into the past month or so in news. The big news since the last episode is that the Warped Tours website has announced that Bad Religion will be a part of the tour. What this means is the band will probably have a new album out by the summer of next year and will be going on tour to support that album. Personally, I'm not all that thrilled that the band will be part of the tour as I only have a chance to play a 30-minute set at each stop. Hopefully they will play their own tour in the fall like they did in 2004 after performing on the Warped Tour that year. In other news, a new interview with Jay has been posted by Canada's Punk TV website. The interview, I'm guessing, was done during the band's fall tour this year. Unlike some of the other recent interviews with Jay, this one has some interesting tidbits in it about the history of the band and Epitaph. Here's a portion of that interview. Yeah, I... You know, will you be around at 50? I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I, you know, I didn't think I'd be around at 40, so I should probably just eat my words now. I just I can't imagine being 40 and screaming, Fuck Armageddon, this is hell, into a microphone and... Tonight I will be screaming "fuck Armageddon, this is hell" at 42. So why I'm not? A, I'm a hypocrite. Why not? Does the does the audience get older? Yeah, and and younger. It's like we get we kind of get all of it. It's like people that say, "Oh, I, I kind of uh, I found your band in the '80s," or people that say, "I got your last record and it was amazing." So. Um, I just try not to get too involved in what our fan base is and that kind of stuff. It's like, if people like our band, that's great. If people don't like our band, that's great. I just, I like I like what we do, and sometimes I don't like that much what we do. I'm like, nah, it's a stinker. But... Let's talk about some of the stinkers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, uh, The Empire Strikes First. Not a stinker. Great album. Great album. Great album. Favorite song? Los Angeles is no, no. I think I think, uh, I, think I read maybe know. all there is might have been yeah it, because it's so it's just such a song. You know, it's so weird. Like sometimes that will just write these songs. They're like so different than everything else. Yeah, they have like bridges. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a song, dude, with a minor chord. And, like, it's sad. A variation in there. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, so I think all there is probably off this record maybe uh, Beyond Electric Dreams was also another one of those kind of songs that was just wow that was, that was cool you still listen to the album? um 
No, I did. I did just recently because that's kind of like the forge where you listen to everything just to kind of refresh. Mm -hmm. But now I'm listening to the Arctic Monkeys. Oh, I love them. They're so funky. They're great. Other than that, there hasn't been too much else going on in Bad Religion news. Greg Hetson will be doing a new punk rock karaoke gig in Los Angeles on December 14th, and Brooks is currently on tour with Jack Black's band Tenacious D. I actually stayed up and watched the end of a Letterman episode where Tenacious D was performing, hoping to see Brooks on there, but unfortunately Jack Black and the other guy only played with Letterman's house bands. Well, that's pretty much it for the news section of this episode. Getting back into the topic of God songs, the next song up is one of Brett's bests on the subject. The song is Thousand More Fools, and it originally appeared as the second track on Suffer. I'm pretty sure I already discussed this song in an earlier episode when I played an acoustic version, so we'll just get right into the music with the version of the song from the Holy Smoke bootleg. Here goes. <laughs> live version of A Thousand More Fools from the Holy Smoke Bootleg. The next song up comes off of the Stranger Than Fiction album, and perhaps would have been the last song on the American version of that album had it not been for the remake of 21st Century Digital Boy being added at the last minute because the label didn't think that there was a radio hit on the album. The song is what it is, and although it doesn't explicitly mention God or religion by name, I think the song is tackling the issues of not believing in traditional Western ideas of what the meaning of life is and why we are here. The speaker keeps giving all of these hefty facts about life, like there's a purpose and there's a goal, but he continually laments that he doesn't know what it is. The seeds of inspiration never germinating in the speaker's mind perhaps refers to the concept of religion never really being ingrained in the graphen, and to the day that he wrote the song, he does not believe in them. This song is interesting in that it doesn't proclaim that these ideas of creation and purpose are non-existent, rather that Graffin rejects the traditional explanation for these things and is unsure of what the new answer should be. The reason that's sort of intriguing is that Graffin is very much an atheist, while this song comes off as almost agnostic. Anyways, here's the band performing this song at the Numbers Club in Texas in 1995. I don't know what it is. Let's go!
Well, it's been a long while since the last one, but I think it's now time for another exciting installment of the listener interaction section of the show. Good Graffin, who avid listeners of the show knows, calls in regularly with witty comments, sent me another email last week expressing his displeasure that I said Conquer the World was on Against the Grain when the song is really on no control. He sent in a long manifesto about how someone doing a Bad Religion podcast should never confuse what songs are on what albums. I believe the whole thing, but uh, it's pretty long and boring. Basically, the gist of what he was saying could be boiled down into this statement at the end of his rant. Anyways, it's been a long, long time since I last did the song-guessing game, so those of you who actually care are probably frothing at the mouth waiting for answers. Well, fear not, frothies, for I have the cure to your rabid curiosity. The previous answers. Without further ado, here they are. The first one was Man with a Mission. That was Mediocre Minds. That was Modern Man. That was Marked. And that was Misery and Famine. Two people managed to get four out of five of the answers correct. Those people were Chris and Vincent. As for this week's clips, here they are now. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Do you feel an echo coming on? Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Send those answers to brpodcast at gmail.com so that when your name gets on this podcast, all of your buddies will be mad jealous. Also on the note of listener interaction, longtime listener and contributor Rat Guy has sent in a great little section on how Bad Religion has been influenced by the music of other bands. Here's Rat Guy. Hey there, Bad Religion fanatics. You're listening to Rat Guy. Thanks a lot, Mike, for letting me do the special segment on today's podcast. Good artists copy, great artists steal. Now, it's a very popular quote that's been attributed to Pablo Picasso. Today on this special segment, I'm going to be tackling the issue of bad religion and plagiarism. Now, most of you will recognize the intro to Hear It. Now, this is the first track off of No Substance. This was released in 1998. Once again, that was the intro to Hear It off of No Substance from 1998. Now we're going to listen to a song called No Way. It was done by a band called The Adolescents, and it's off their 1981 self-titled album. Sound familiar to you? Of course, we can't forget the oohs and ahs. So 
So I guess when Graffin talked about the band getting back to their punk rock roots during No Substance, eh, he really meant it. Okay, now I want you to listen to the two beginnings of two well-known Bad Religion songs. The first one we recognize is Leave Mine to Me off of Stranger Than Fiction released in 1994. This particular track is off of Tested. And this one we recognize is No Control off their 1989 album of the same name. Well, we take both these Bad Religion songs, we put them together, and we get DOA's song, The Prisoner, which is off their compilation album, Dawning of a New Error, which was released in 1985. I bet if I keep on playing this song, you probably sing the No Control lyrics right over it. I think you see where I'm taking this. And for those of you that missed it, yes, that was a yahe right in the middle of that. Okay, now last, let's listen to the intro to Epiphany, a great track off the process of belief. This was released in 2002. Now, of course, several of you already know where this came from. And if you don't, here's a live version of NoFX's Sticking in My Eye off of White Trash Two Heaps and a Bean, released 10 years earlier in Now, I'm sure this can probably all just be written off as a tribute to each of these bands through Bad Religion's own songs. Um, other artists have done this. Uh, in order to see what I'm talking about, you can check out the Vandals cover of Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious or Me First and the Gimme Gimme's. They did a cover of a few of my favorite things. Now, both bands do sort of a tongue-in-cheek tribute to Bad Religion, playing some of Bad Religion's music while doing these other covers. And, of course, Bad Religion themselves, they've been emulated and copied by other bands ad nauseum, so they know what's going on anyway. Well, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this and learned that no matter how great you are, plagiarism is always fun. Unless you get sued, of course. So if you plan to plagiarize, plagiarize from someone close to you or someone who doesn't give a damn. Once again, this was Rat Guy. Back to you, Mike. Thanks, Guy. If any of you happen to have anything you want to contribute to the show, send an email to me at beerpodcast at gmail.com with your idea or section, and I'll get back to you in a sort of timely matter. But whether or not it's of that outstanding technical quality that you'll find on the show month after month after month. And one final thing before we leave the listener interaction section forever, or at least until next week, one of our listeners, B.R. Punker, posted an interesting story about how he discovered bad religion on the comments section of the blog. Here's his story. My uncle is also a fan of bad religion, and he's told me that ever since I was born, in 1990, I've been listening to them. 
Well, of course, I don't really remember any of that, but the first real memories I have of hearing Bad Religion is hearing them in my uncle's car in elementary school. The only album he had was Against the Grain. I love that album, but never actually saw the CD, seeing as it was always in my uncle's car, and that's the only time I ever got to listen to it. Since there are no indications of who the artist is on the cover, all I had to go by was that CD with the corn on it. When I asked my uncle who made the CD, he jokingly told me, Are you blind? Look at the cover! It's corn! Taking that what he said way too literally, I went on for about a year thinking Against the Grain was by the band Corn. I'd never actually heard Korn, so it never occurred to me that I was totally wrong. At the time, Korn was apparently popular with my friends, so whenever I would try to talk to them about it, they looked at me as if I was a freak. They always told me I had no idea what I was talking about. I would memorize and recite entire songs from Against the Grain, and was turned away every time. It wasn't until about fourth grade that I finally had it and decided to take the CD to school. When I had asked my uncle for his corn CD, he looked at me like I was from Mars. He then explained to me the CD was actually from Bad Religion. As embarrassing as it was, I took it to school anyways, and to my surprise, my friends really enjoyed the album. Ever since then, Bad Religion has been my favorite band. No other band comes close to them. To this day, people tell me if I were to drop dead right now, I would be remembered as that kid who's obsessed with Bad Religion. Wow, thanks for the story. The band actually has commented a few times expressing their distaste for the band Corn, complaining that if only they'd named their band after a food product, they'd be successful. If I actually had the banters organized, I'd play that for this week's Bad Religion banter section, but alas, I haven't had the time to go through all of the shows and look that up. Perhaps some zealous listener remembers the show that the band made that comment in, so I can play it for the next episode. If you happen to be that listener, or if you just have a good story about how you got into Bad Religion, send them my way at brpodcasts at gmail.com. Anyways, that's been enough talk, let's get back to the rock and roll. With the next song, we return to the band's latest album, The Empire Strikes First. The song is called Atheist Peace, and coincidentally, a person named Atheist underscore Peace at Defining Bad Religion has a pretty good quote about the song. I heard an interview with Greg where he said that Atheist Peace is a two-minute attack on the idea that if you're an atheist, you're somehow combative or you want to fight with religious people. He also says, I don't think there's any atheist that I know who's a violent person or a combative person. Well, there you go. Here's a version of Atheist Peace live from Bonner Springs, Kansas, when the band was on the Warp Tour in 2004. Here goes. Here's a new song called Atheist Peace. Let's go! Maybe it's too late for an electronic babe on a restaurant confusion remains. of pain, yeah, I don't remember anymore, only temporary reprieve, and the world might cease, if we validate the peace, from the beaten to release, but today the is But now it's easy sound and it's time to be a mom And renew the dark chapters of history Yeah, and we will fight for it Why can't I ever get a war? Only a sense of increase And no one won't wait for the truth for the way But we're ready now to peace on an atheist
That was Atheist Peace that the band played on the Warp Tour in 2004. Let's now move into the Pretender section of the show with a cover of Faith Alone by the band Cheater off of the Along the Way tribute tape. If anyone happens to have the first or second tribute tapes mentioned on the brpage.net, if you please send them to me or point me in the direction of them, it's always nice to have some pretty offbeat covers to play during this section. Anyways, here is Faith Alone by Cheater. Today's Not-So-Bad Religion Banter comes from a 2004 show in New York and has nothing to do with the theme of God songs, but uh, I found it pretty funny, and I hope that you do too. Here it goes. Thank you guys. Every night I gotta switch out and give you a little bit of uh, insight into what it's like being a big rock singer. 
You gotta swap microphones sometime during the show because it gets all uh, clogged with saliva. That's something that is uh, produced in the mouth to aid digestion. Saliva. Alright. Enough of this silliness. How come mine always gets filled up with vomit? Well, that's because you're a drunk, Jake. Oh. Thank you. Fun stuff. The next song up is the only song on Generator that I don't think the band ever played live. It's called Chimera, named after the mythological creature made up of body parts of many different animals. It also identifies an organism produced through an artificial combination of genes. The Chimera is the horrible monster that God has created, and that monster happens to be man. Carmen, a defining bad religion, sees this song as a letter to God, and I think that's a pretty good summary of the song. Since the band has not actually played this live, and I don't know any band having covered the song, here's a studio version of Chimera for your listening pleasure. You took a time on a case of crackers, and you made a maelstrom of organic debris. And you took a workbench and a rusty anvil, and you polished them for everyone to see. You have created an unhealthy monster Yet you're nowhere but nowhere to be found So I guess I just cope with my provisions From now until the day they lay me down You took a balloon and made it perfect You took a riot and stripped him of his pride they took a million more varieties of scalp lambs, artillery, and they stitched up a horrible surprise. You have created an unsocial monster, yet you search for all over the globe. And most believe that things could sure be better if you'd come down here and tell us what you know. Who is to blame for this? Someone tell me, please. His handiwork is born and it's ever all to see. Aberrations and wait to take on the least They multiply and give rise to this Monstrosity So another episode of the Bad Religion Podcast draws to a close. I'd like to remind everyone to check out the podcast website at brpodcast.blogspot.com where you can find all the past episodes in the feed for the show. The first of the two outro songs this week comes from How Could Hell Be Any Worse, and that song is The Voice of God is Government. 
When the band plays Voice of God live, Greg often semi-sings the pontificating introduction. For those of you maybe not so good at putting two and two together, the band essentially remade the introduction to the song on No Substance with the pseudo-song State of the End of the Millennium Address. The version that I will be playing in a few minutes first comes from the Fullerton Show in 1982, where Brett apparently has forgotten how to play this song. That will be followed by a real version of the song at the Hell on Earth Show. The last song today is a song that the band used to use a lot to finish their shows, and it's called Best For You. This song, to me, seems to be about living in the present and not hanging on to ancient ideas about life. It goes against the idea of Jesus and religion in general being the answer to life. The first line of the song, Above us lay the burdens, below us lay the truth, seem to refer to heaven and hell. There's this ideal of heaven, these burdens we must all try to live up to, and hell, the truth of how people usually are. The singer is trying to live in the middle of these two extremes, or at least that's how I see it. Judge for yourself in this version that I will play from the We're Not the Damned show in Austria way back in 1989. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys for a holiday episode in a few weeks. Jim, this song is for Jim and Billy. Jimmy, no one loves you like Brett
Podcast.